This is a very special flipped episode of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I am taking over the host seat and having Deepa as the guest instead. Deepa is a yoga therapist for over two decades and a functional nutritionist for five. She brings together her experience in therapeutic and transformational yoga and deep learning in nutrition based on the principles of functional medicine to her practice, PhytoThrive. For more on Deepa, check her out at www.phytothrive.com or write to her at deepa at phytothrive.com. The focus has been on merging together the deep science of the functional world with the deep symbolism of ancient wisdom. She has a masterful understanding of the human anatomy with cohesive understanding of physiology to offer what can be classified as true bio-individual mind, body, and spirit nutrition. Having a son with a rare adrenal condition gave her a deep insight into the working of the adrenals and the stress response as it relates to all health and sleep. Her articles have been shared by Dr. Mark Hyman, MD, twice. She also gave the opening speech on the health hacks at Amazon Web Services and Your Story Health Tech 2019 to heads of healthcare startups in India. Her niche is in sleep and she has a podcast called the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. Deepa has 20 years of experience in wellness. She is focused on yoga therapy, helping those with chronic conditions like displaced discs when they were told that there was no way out except for surgery. She has five years of experience in functional nutrition where she has a deep focus on sleep nutrition, women's health, detoxification, skin health, and adrenal function. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I'm your special episode host, Dr. Arthi Surya. Join me as I introduce this very special episode to you and learn all about the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin a good night of sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey with the Sleep Whisperer podcast. So today we will be talking about your dysfunctional adrenal rhythm and poor sleep. So Deepa, I know you are so passionate about sleep. You know, what began this for you? Arti, so we are both the sleep soul sisters. I love that phrase which you used a while ago and now I'm using it whenever I meet someone else who's passionate about sleep. But you and I are the original sleep soul sisters. Yes. Yes. Um, I think it's because I've had such a history of poor sleep. And uh, the reason for that is a lot of stress throughout my life. So I got married quite early. And then it was uh, eight years of a bad marriage where it was a perpetual state of stress. So I had to actually keep myself awake through the night. And uh, I f- that was the only way that I felt safe. So I kept myself awake and then I would watch for uh, when my husband would come back in the middle of the night. And I think that just programmed me to be in that state of, I don't know how to fall asleep. And I recently heard something very beautiful from somebody that falling asleep is deeply linked to trusting yourself. So can you trust the space that you're in? And that's very integral to actually falling asleep. So the first reason was that bad marriage, which I had to stay awake. But then fast forward, 
you know i have a son with adrenal disorder i've spoken so much so imagine being a new mother first of all before the diagnosis came we had no idea why he was crying all the time it was just unnatural whether he was fed not fed clean not clean nothing made a difference he was just perpetually crying and when he was about 3 weeks old he got so sick that he stopped feeding and uh, urinating his whole body shriveled up and he turned dark in front of my eyes overnight which was the first sign of his sodium loss from his adrenal disorder and once he got the diagnosis of uh, congenital adrenal hyperplasia for the next one year it was i think we ran to the emergency room two nights every single week so there would be seizures oh there would be dehydration there would be crises from diarrhea vomiting where he'd have to rush in the middle of the night to get iv cortisone mm -hmm. um so there was simply no way i could sleep because here was a, a baby who was dependent on me and how do you feel safe letting go you can't fall asleep you can you don't feel safe so these two mm -hmm. big influences so we're looking at about 12 to 14 years of my lifespan spent keeping myself awake wow. so eventually even when that settled it took me um 4 to 5 years to know why i it seemed normal that i would be walking around and uh, my husband would joke that you're a zombie just walking around it i didn't think there was anything wrong with that today of course it's dramatically different where i believe that sleep is everything it was only when i started my study into nutrition and the functional world when everyone started talking about this trifecta which is at the base of all conditions which is sleeping pooping and blood sugar balance that <laughs> i started yeah. to look at question why why wasn't i ever looking at this as an important piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. so the moment you bring sleep back into place you won half the battle of every symptom and condition absolutely absolutely you mentioned a good point uh where these that trifecta it's not really necessarily seen in the conventional setting like you know a lot of people just give a sleeping pill and so it's really nice that you're bringing awareness to that actually what's the root cause of why this uh sleep disturbance is happening yes and you mentioned a little bit about the adrenals i know that is a huge impact on how uh you know people can sleep especially women in this modern day can you briefly tell us what they are and what they respond to and then maybe we can go into some tips on how to optimize adrenal function perfect so the adrenals which i never knew i had such a thing in my body till my son was diagnosed with this adrenal condition is this very tiny muffin shaped uh, gland which sits on top of the kidney which is why it's called adrenal and uh, it's got the cortex and the medulla which is outer shell and the inner shell and the outer shell actually produces cortisol aldosterone and the inner shell uh, the inner medulla actually produces 
adrenaline. So in my son's case, the adrenaline is fine. So he doesn't produce cortisol and aldosterone, which is why I started to look at, okay, what is this cortisol? What does it do? What is aldosterone? And I never knew, Arti, it, it seemed normal that um, at certain times of the month, I would go out to teach yoga and I would wonder why I felt fat. So mm -hmm. suddenly I would have swollen belly, my pants would be very, very tight and the rest of the time it would suddenly go away. And then I didn't even make a connection between water retention, it wasn't fat, but so many women struggle with this. And that's all the play of aldosterone, which is this sodium potassium regulating hormone. So I didn't know anything about it till my son doesn't produce it. So when he was diagnosed, his sodium was extremely low to the point where he could dehydrate and die. And his potassium was very high, which is very dangerous. And you as a physician, will definitely yeah that's so scary that. it's so, so scary. scary so scary so this plays a role in all of us of course there is one section today who speak about cortisol as a villain but that's not true we know that it's a very essential hormone it actually regulates uh, blood sugar it raises your blood pressure it's responsible for energy appetite and all of this I learned because I watch my son. So when his levels go down and he's needing more steroids, he has no appetite, mm -hmm. he has no energy, but we all face this. Mm -hmm. So cortisol has so many functions, but then we all go to a point where that rhythm and cortisol has a rhythm. So while the adrenals release cortisol, the instruction to release cortisol in the adrenal gland comes from the brain and there's a specific rhythm so you're supposed to have it very high in the morning lower by noon lower even more by 5 p.m so that by the time you go lie in bed it should be very low and then you should just fall asleep and it's deeply linked to great sleep but what's happening today there's different ways of adrenal rhythms where sometimes it's starting more high than it should and then you're feeling a bit buzzing and you feel you've got gray have you ever heard someone tell you arti that i just don't need sleep and yes. i used to think that is that really true wow they're so lucky but actually that's a overactive wired and tired adrenal function when then and then there's the extremely low in the morning where they say without the coffee i can't get mm -hmm. going and then they go to bed instead of cortisol starting high ending low it's starting low and ending high so when they go lie down suddenly the mind is racing and in our community on facebook someone recently shared this meme about my bed is this great place where the moment I lie down, I suddenly remember my entire to-do list, which is what really happens in this overactive adrenal function. Absolutely. So there's such a fascinating science to adrenal. And I realized that it's the base of how your sex hormones behave. It's integrated, it's connected to your blood sugar. It's uh, controlling how you sleep. It's a reason for whether you feel anxious or don't feel anxious. So we need to really bring more attention to the adrenal gland. And 
working on stabilizing adrenal function is such a beautiful foundation that you can build where not just your sleep improves but you feel calmer you have more energy you can achieve whatever great vision you have for yourself oh that's so beautiful you were so right because you know i actually had my adrenals tested as well and i was actually high throughout the day so ah. uh, you know i was super stressed out but you know it was that wired tired feeling i was like well i'm getting stuff done i'm not totally tanked you know i might as well keep going but uh it it definitely had you know its consequences so what are some ways that people can start to help stabilize the adrenal function several ways i think it's very important to first look at diet and one of the things i think it's it requires a double sided approach so on the one side is your diet feeding adrenal dysfunction and this can happen in several ways one is that uh you're eating at a different time every single day so adrenal function is also connected to circadian rhythm so it's important to give some stability and structure and not eating a very restrictive diet so if you're suddenly decided i'm going uh low carb and you don't know how to compensate uh, those and you know arti you and i know that restrictive diets can cause deficiencies of their own but what's happening is that a lot of people uh, research themselves suddenly they put themselves on a keto or a low carb without the full understanding that it requires and then a restrictive diet is a stress on the body like any other stress and the adrenals cannot respond to this excessive stress of any kind because cortisol is the stress hormone so it will have to ramp itself up to deal with whatever the stress uh, whether it backfires yeah. yeah it backfires so definitely not eating a restrictive diet and i think it's very very important that we relook at protein i know recently i've been hearing a lot of conversations in social media about people mocking the need for protein and saying it's a big farce out there in the nutrition world and i was actually a bit alarmed because i know arti that the moment my protein levels drop i can feel it in my adrenal function i feel unstable jittery anxious and suddenly the world looks to be a big scary place and you don't have to be that way uh, so relooking at protein is very critical whether whatever omnivore vegan anywhere in between pescatarian yeah i think we need to get away from demonizing the macronutrients exactly. and yeah. i think it's it's actually causing more harm than good exactly. i mean you need amino acids which are the building blocks of protein yeah, to make absolutely. your neurotransmitters that help yeah. you with sleep and mood yeah. so yeah totally so protein is a very big thing and what i've found is also there was a time that i so i experiment a lot with diets i try vague things on myself and uh, she, my husband actually jokes sometimes she's a cow so she's eating leaves <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what i've seen is that there was a time that i actually took a uh, a uh, whey protein a good quality grass fed whey isolate at night and um i fell asleep and then i woke up at 11 pm 
full of energy buzzing and wide awake. So mm. I think it's important. Now, what is a common trend that we see is that people usually have uh, in the morning, their carbs is pretty high. And then in the night, sometimes they're skipping all carbs and then maybe they eat uh, uh, vegetables, of course, there's carbs in vegetables, but what I mean is more stabilizing carbs. Now, what I found is really great for adrenal function is if you flip this. So if you start your day with very good quality protein where you get about 40% of your day's protein in the first meal and very low carb and instead stay with high fiber. So very high fiber, which are low in starchy carbs. And then at lunch, you add a little bit of uh, healthy carbohydrate. And then at night, you add a higher quantity of carbohydrate rather than removing it. So there's mm -hmm. this thought that if you have carbs at night, you will gain weight. Gain weight. <laughs> uh, instead, what's going to happen if you have it this way is you need the high protein in the morning to boost morning cortisol and give you the energy. Then you have the little healthy carbs at lunch. It starts to dip the noon cortisol. Then you add a little more in the dinner. It lowers cortisol even more so that you have that optimal curve of cortisol where nighttime cortisol is low and then without effort you lie down and you fall asleep mm. that's so great so what do you what do you recommend for people this is very common with people with adrenal issues who may be able to fall asleep but then they wake up in the middle of the time middle of the night or several times during the night yeah, so there is a big difference between sleep onset, sleep maintenance, and I think there are different root causes to both. Some of them overlap, but I think falling asleep is one with the, related to the nighttime cortisol. Staying asleep is different. One of the biggest uh, triggers for waking up is that you've not eaten optimally through the day. So you've not had adequate protein. You've not stabilized your blood sugar at all. So maybe you fall asleep, but the, somewhere in the middle of the night, blood sugar starts to dip again because it's been high through the day. So it starts to crash. And then, you know, when your blood sugar drops, your body thinks that you're in an emergency situation. So cortisol spikes in the night before it should in your sleep and then slowly wake you up. So instead, it wakes you sharply up at one o'clock, two o'clock. And then what that's going to look like is that you're going to feel fear, you're going to feel anxiety. And what didn't look scary during the day is going to seem like the big bad wolf in the middle of the night. Mm. I think yeah. blood sugar and uh, the um, right balance of your food through the day when you eat. Another thing I've seen, Arti, is people struggling with sleep issues, but who are trying to box themselves into intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So they want to eat in a, they want to fast 16 to 18 hours to uh, actually uh, reduce. Because that's the trend right that's now. The trend and we know these trends keep coming and going and they're not always the right one for everybody at the right time. That's in no way and 
Uh, am I seeing anything against intermittent fasting, which has tremendous research benefits? It's just that I find people who struggle with sleep having certain, uh, they're boxing themselves into this ideal diet when in fact they need something else to feel a bit calmer. They want mm -hmm. to, they need to feel more relaxed. So sometimes they're forcing themselves, they're angry, they're snappy, but they will not eat until they reach that window of their feeding uh, phase. Uh, so I think that's a great it's scary for your hormones and your, it your, your neurotransmitters. It, it actually can really backfire and cause more dysregulation. Yeah, so absolutely. I think you make a good point. It's like, listen to your body. Don't listen to the fads. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about fats? Because I think, um, like, how should people incorporate that into... Yes. Fats are brilliant. I love fats. You know, Arti, I must tell you, just today I had a look at the labs of one of my new clients and I suddenly saw total cholesterol very, very low. Now, mm -hmm. the general trend, as you might yourself have seen, is that many people think if it's not high, they are great. They don't yeah. think that low can also be very dangerous. Uh, so, as you know, the fats we eat, they, are, they give you cholesterol. And I'm not saying cholesterol in the bad way which people think, but I'm saying it as a physiological aspect of the body. And cholesterol is what creates cortisol, the stress hormone, and progesterone, estrogen, your sex hormones. Now, I keep telling women this, that if you have high stress of any kind, nutritional stress, emotional stress, whatever, your body will make cortisol and it will skip making progesterone. So that means that month you won't ovulate, so you'll feel more anxious so fats are critical to hormone health that said sometimes people when i ask them on my form do you eat a high fat diet or do you eat a low fat diet and sometimes they're taking high fat and they're talking about chips and uh, <laughs> processed foods so processed foods yeah <laughs> Yeah. So that's not what we mean by fat. So when we say fat, we are, of course, talking about healthy fats like avocados, nuts, seeds, ghee, coconut oil. And in fact, today, again, somebody told me I have only one vice, which is to have ghee. I said, why is that a vice? You mm. should be celebrating that you like ghee. Um, so I think uh, fats are integral, but Again, can you digest the fat? So if people are having signs like uh, inability to digest fat, which can be burning after eating a lot of fats or just indigestion or uh, sticky elimination. So then they're not able to break it down. So obviously there's a meeting ground between the fats that you consume and also can your body actually break that down and use it efficiently. So both mm -hmm. are important. And fats are, when you spoke about neurotransmitters, my mind just went to fats because Fats are uh, integral to brain health because the brain is so much fat and we need fat to keep our brain healthy, produce neurotransmitters and even the source of adrenal hormones begins in the brain with the hypothalamus and the pituitary. So we definitely need fats. 
fats also increase uh, your feeling of fullness they make your food taste amazing yes uh, i can't <laughs> eat a meal which is low fat or no fat it's simply not flavorful it's not good for the yeah soul either <laughs> yeah absolutely not for the soul yeah because then all, you ultimately end up going searching for other stuff to eat exactly. and then you end up so eating the think, processed you know, food There's one more interesting thing that I heard recently that if you're needing to eat or snack other than your three meals, then you've not eaten enough mm-hmm. uh, balanced food. So obviously, if we want to keep our carbs low in the morning, like I spoke about, then you need to also satisfy. You can't be hungry. How do you do that? You bring in healthy fats, which make you feel full. You have great proteins fiber so you shouldn't feel hungry when you say low carb lot of times people think it's just eating watery soups or steamed vegetables that is not what i mean when i say mm-hmm. that is uh, not sustainable either that's not sustainable and it, life is so boring if you eat like that i agree <laughs> i completely agree So are there any environmental factors that you've seen that have a huge impact on sleep? Yes, uh, do you mean toxic overload? Yeah, that or light exposure. I think light oh, exposure yes. is one of the yeah, biggest. Yeah, you and I have spoken yeah. about light before, of course, and light circadian rhythm also regulates adrenal function. So I think it's very important that now what I've started to do, which is very practical, is by 7 p.m. clockwork, my phone is on airplane mode and it's away. I don't care. I don't look at it till I wake up the next day. So I think it's very important. And I'll tell you why, Arthi. People have asked me why why airplane mode? Why not just silence? Mm-hmm. My mother asks me this all the time. So I think there is a world of difference, especially people who struggle with sleep, who are in a fight or flight mode of adrenal function. I think they can sense even if it's silent their mind is thinking okay has this person replied to me has this mail come whereas somewhere the airplane mode tells the brain okay you don't have to worry about this till tomorrow just put your mind at rest uh, so that's important and I think liver function if you're constipated you do start to build up on cortisol metabolites so it can keep you awake mm-hmm. so i've seen that the moment i get back to poor sleep uh, it's time to focus on whether i'm digesting and eliminating very well because if you're not clearing out adequately you're not going to be able to you're going to pile up on even these uh, adrenaline so it's going to keep you in that wired and tired mm-hmm. spiking cortisol at night absolutely i always tell people you know our physiology is very intimately connected with nature and so we've moved very quickly from nature to these modern lives it's not normal to be constantly on with the social yes. media the phone yeah. the text it's not normal for our physiology at all even though we've normalized it yeah so i have one question there are almost 100 million people diagnosed with sleep disorders today um what do you feel is the biggest root cause of the sleep disturbance 
I think you will be able to guess what I'm going to say. I think the biggest root cause is dysfunctional adrenal rhythm, uh, either a crashed rhythm, high stressed rhythm, wired and tired, anything where cortisol curve is off from the regular curve is the biggest cause. And I think there's several reasons for that as we spoke, but I think people are not looking at adrenal function as much as they should be because it is the biggest bang for your buck. If you want to start somewhere and get the uh, results as fast as possible, focus on adrenal health. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, I completely agree. I, now, whenever I see a patient, I feel like everyone's hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access is all dysregulated. Yes. <laughs> completely. So if uh, you think sleep is the new medicine? Hmm. If sleep is the new medicine, then I think we should all look at becoming our own sleep whisperers. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So where would someone start, would you say? You know, if they're really struggling and they feel overwhelmed, they don't even know where to begin, where should they start? I think uh, the best place to start, Arti, is to just relook at protein. Protein is very, very grounding. So just looking at whether you have uh, a palm sized of protein, Let's say if you're eating animal protein, a palm size, or if you're eating a vegetarian protein, about half a cup at least at all your meals as a base and then building on that with healthy fats, fiber, color. So my mantra is always fat, fiber, protein, and color. So that means at least two to three different non-starchy vegetables. So protein is, did you know, Arti, that um, the word protein comes from the word in Greece, which says primary or in first place. So it symbolizes that protein should actually be in the first place before you build with the other macronutrients because you cannot survive without it. That is so interesting. That is so interesting. That is, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I think that's such a good point to make because I think, I think there's too many camps out there where everyone is supporting their one macronutrient that is going to change your life or getting rid of one macronutrient is going to change your life. So I think that's a beautiful point. No, I don't make. agree to that at all. And uh, I just want to clarify that when I say protein, by no way am I saying the other. Oh, no, I, you're saying very balanced. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. what you... What I'm you, totally what you, with you. I don't believe those diets. In fact, for adrenal um, dysfunction, I think the worst thing you can do is to remove a macronutrient. So going either no keto or anything. This is not the time to begin that if you have issues with adrenal health mm -hmm. yeah and i think with like kind of tagging off of your adrenal um you know looking at what are the reasons for adrenal um dysregulation so taking a look at your life too you know what are the stressors that are breaking down your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access that way you can systematically be like okay i need to work on this or this or this you know an infection emotional health whatever yeah. it may be yeah. I think people tend to disregard the emotional side. Oh, that is, absolutely. It has the same effect on a body that an infection would. 
Yes, and I'm so glad to have a physician say that. Uh, it's very, very refreshing to hear a physician bring in the emotional aspect as such a key part of the puzzle. Yeah, I think that's one thing that we have done a disservice in, in the you know, modern medicine is that we've disconnected the mind and the body. We've disconnected every organ from each other, to be honest. No. And really our bodies work together. Everything works together. So it make, makes sense that they would work together. Everything is not separate. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you have any other closing remarks or? Thank you for inviting me as a guest, Charti, on this. Thank you, it's my honor. <laughs>